it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Mr. Kreese will no longer be joining us. I made a promise when I became your sensei. To always look out for your best interests. Despite how hard this may be for all of us, he didn't have our best interests at heart. John Kreese may have founded Cobra Kai, but he no longer represents what this dojo stands for. His Cobra Kai was old and outdated. He refused to move forward. What happens when we do that, Mr. Diaz? You get stuck like cement. Exactly. To be a great fighter, you got to learn to adapt. This creed on the wall. Follow it to the letter. It'll make you strong. It'll make you formidable. will also make you an asshole. Because that's just black paint on a white wall. But life's not black and white. More often than not, it's gray. And it's in those gray areas where Johnny Lawrence's Cobra Kai sometimes shows mercy. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Richard. And I'm Rima. This is House Podcast Cobra Kai Edition. This week we're covering Cobra Kai Season 2 Episodes 7 and 8, titled Lull and Glory of Love. So, it feels very apocalyptic right now. We were just talking about how where Richard and I are in California, we kind of just had one long night, like, it's... There's so much smoke up in the upper atmosphere that the sun didn't really poke through. So it was like nighttime all day. Yeah. It's like a nuclear winter raining ash. Yeah. It's crazy. Not to mention all the hundreds of other crazy things that have happened this year. But another crazy thing happened today, and that was that they announced that The Walking Dead is wrapping up after next season. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So they're just like... Let's just get all the bad news out of the way. <laughs> Add that to the list. <laughs> no, actually, I'm kind of glad. I mean, <clears throat> it's been on for a long time, and it'll be cool for them to have an ending to work to. And actually, the show's pretty good right now, but it's been on for so long. And 
and uh, I don't know. I think this will be this will be good. So it's season eleven is going to actually play out over two years. So it starts, I think, at the end of next year, and it'll wrap up by twenty twenty two. And then just because they can't quite bring themselves to fully end it, they're going to have a spinoff featuring Carol and Daryl. Mm. And they're having a second spinoff. It's an anthology series, Tales of the Walking Dead, that'll have stories of different characters every week. So Wow. Hey, we talked about that on this uh, podcast about uh, spinoffs. How do you feel about those? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Walking Dead ones have been uneven but lately well there's only been one fear the walking dead and it's been pretty crappy and there's another one getting ready to come out uh in october so we'll see but yeah we kind of remember brought it up when you mentioned that karate kid was i mean cobra kai was thinking about doing a bunch of spinoffs so far i think it probably would have been better if they hadn't done any for walking dead yeah yeah well i just i I wanted to bring that up. I know it doesn't have anything to do with Cobra Kai, but this is House Podcastica and, you know, we all started around the Walking Dead cast. And so we just, I just found out about it today and I, I thought it was a pretty big deal. You know, we've been podcasting on the show while I have for 10 years. And so this will be the end of an era. Sure. Yeah. It's your bread and butter, man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Enjoy it while you still got it, huh? Yeah. Well, we'll figure out something else to do cover all these dumb spinoffs <laughs> we always got the mandalorian <laughs> that's right <laughs> and we got cobra kai and this week it's our top three highlights for cobra kai season two episodes seven and eight lull and glory of love what did you guys think of these two i liked them i um i think uh well did i like them i don't know i'm gonna have to like <laughs> Talk it out with you guys because, you know, like uh, I labeled the second episode, the glory of love episode eight. I was like, this is the makeout episode. Jesus Christ. Everybody's sucking face in this show. Not sure. Not sure really how, how that's going to affect future, you know, uh, arcs and plots and stuff like that. So I was, I was a little like, I don't know. I don't know. So every time somebody kissed, you're like, this could ruin everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly kind of what I was thinking. I was like, hey, we were, heading, game. we were headed down the war path. This was getting cool. And now it's like all of a sudden everyone's finding partners and love and that ruins everything. Playing hiding the plantain. <laughs> it was a bit a little bit like they plopped an episode of the love boat in there. Yeah. <laughs> right. What about you, Rima? I think overall, I liked them. I wasn't over the top in love with them, but I thought they were they were pretty good episodes. Probably the second episode I, I liked a little more than uh, episode seven uh, because I, I think mostly you know a lot of the the eighty stuff, which always gets me. Um, throw in some eighty stuff, and hey, I'm I'm a happy girl. Uh, mm-hmm. But I I think I like that one a little bit more. Uh, I, I could have done like. Rich said I could have done with a little less sucking face, uh, but eh, whatever. There are a lot of kids in, in the show, uh, teenagers, and that's what they do and sneaking around, you know, um, you know, making out and stuff. So it's it's whatever. I, I can I can live with it. But it was like, OK, cut. That's enough. <laughs> so. Moving on. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 
I, I feel the same way. I think I liked the second one a little better. I actually liked them both. And as has been the case lately, I like these better now than I did when I first watched them. I'm noticing more things that sort of feel like they're tying things together and deepening things in a way that makes it more satisfying. Um, I think before too, I was like, why are you moving away from Daniel and Johnny? That's what I really want to see. I mean, there was Daniel and Johnny stuff too, but, uh, I don't know. I liked them. I, I I'm liking this season. I like these two episodes. So let's get into our top three, Rich. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with, uh, the little thing with crease, you know, like, uh, Johnny kicking crease to the curb, so to speak. Uh, I like how it kind of happened over the two episodes too. We, we begin with crease at the beginning of episode seven and he's, he's like on the sacred ground of Miyagi Do. man. When I saw that, like, I had instant feelings of disgust and anger. I was like, you get out of there. (laughs) (laughs) And he made fun of it like it was a garden. Yeah. And he was smoking a cigar. Yeah. And he puts the cigar out and says regards to Miyagi. I think that's the first time Kreese has ever been there. Right. And he looked, he looked like the devil. I mean, he looked out of place and Daniel looked a little traumatized. He had that look on his face. What are you doing here? Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, as uh, the episodes continue, Johnny finally mans up and and kicks Kreese out of the dojo. And, and uh, you know, Kreese tried to make an, an argument, but we've discussed this several times. It's foundationally weak, you know. And, and I thought, oh, then later on, I thought Johnny did a good job at explaining why Kreese was no longer part of the JoJo. You know, referencing the slogan, uh, now strike first, strike hard, and then show some mercy sometimes. <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah. changed a little bit, you know, but it's more important to use your head than your fists. So I enjoyed that message, and I thought, you know, that was a, a pretty good way to end that. But is it the end? Do you think, guys, you think we're going to see Crease anymore? I can't remember. Well, you. I kind of remember, so I don't want to say, but oh. <laughs> I do think it's pretty fishy when... He leaves he's awful like getting, quiet. Getting which... into all his business while he's gone. Yeah, I reorganized everything. Yeah. I'm like, what'd you do in there? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Plus, so. I think that leads credence to what Rima has said before, too, is that he's he's aiming to take over the joint. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and also, he, uh, you know, what was the point of Crease? He came in, he's, you know, trying to tell Johnny that he's sorry and wants to become a new man but then as soon as johnny goes away he starts teaching him total brutality and you know his he filters his whole experience of the world through war and your enemy's not honorable so neither should you be and all this stuff and uh it started to work i mean it just took a few days and suddenly miguel's fucking brutal yeah (laughs) and and then he gets kicked out and i'm like that feels a bit anticlimactic you know for him for that to have been it for him i don't know maybe yeah. not but yeah <laughs> i thought like the it. same it, it was like wow that was a little bit of a you know because his his entrance there in the uh finale of season one when he comes in it was like so <gasps> yeah you know and then <laughs> for him happen? yeah and then him leaving it was kind of like oh that kind of fizzled a little bit so and it was i was like he's leaving like really quiet like like he's not even mm-hmm putting up a fight which seems a little uncharacteristic of him but i was i mean i was glad to see him go but i don't know i i think they had him in there for a number of reasons one just because he's a part of the the karate kid like legacy is a big part of 
who Johnny is and how he you know, like who he is today. And I think just showing a lot of growth with him and his character and how he really does want to change and how I think Kreese being in his life is a big reminder of like, wow, I don't want to be like that. And I do want to be a better person. And I want these kids to be better than me. It's like he had the whole uh, conversation with his, his buddies in the previous episode during the bike trip. And, you know, uh, I think that had a big impact on him and talking about, you know, he lost his buddy and, you know, he was still a young guy. And I think that hit him really hard. Uh, you know, kind of the time that you have left, you know, on this earth and what he wants to do with it. I, that's kind of a little bit for me how Kreese served his purpose on the show a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that was just a nudge in the direction of uh, life is short. I'm not going to put up with any bullshit. And, uh, but I think they're going to, in the next two final two episodes, the all Valley championship is going to change from under 18 to under 75 and crease is going to enter the tournament <laughs> the dude still got it i mean he might be geriatric but the dude's got a hell of a kick <laughs> so. but under 75 anybody can join right not my grandpa um but uh yeah his speech to the class well johnny's speech to crease where he says you know this is my dojo and Chris is like your dojo. You forgot who started Cobra Kai. Like I've been waiting for him to say that. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I haven't forgotten anything. You know what? I'm sorry. I thought this could work, but I was wrong. We're done. I don't ever want to see you in this dojo again. That was just really powerful. Like in this dojo is this phrase, you know, fear does not exist in this dojo for So for him to say, I don't ever want to see you in this dojo again. That was good. But then when he's talking to his students and he says, uh, you know, I may always made a promise to look out for your best interest and Chris didn't have your best interest at heart. And then he says this creed on the wall and it's strike first, strike hard, no mercy, follow it to the letter. It'll make you strong. It'll make you formidable. It will also make you an asshole. <laughs> and I thought mm -hmm. that yeah. was really powerful. And I thought he was going to somehow, you know, rationalize again, why this, you know, this is my version of this, not creases, but no, he was just like, no, this is wrong. And then he said, yeah, think with your head. And oh yeah, he said, but life's not black and white more often than not. It's gray. And it's in those gray areas where Johnny Lawrence's Cobra Kai sometimes shows mercy. And I, I like that. Cause it's like the theme of the show is all about how the original karate kid movies were very black and white, but this is all about people's gray area, you know, spaces and, um, even though Johnny doesn't really live up to that all the time, he just punched the shit out of Anoush the other day, but still <laughs> right. it's, you know, he's trying. So I, I love yeah. all that. Yeah. He still has some. That's what makes it appealing is that he knows what should be done. He's just not good at doing it. Yeah. yeah His instincts struggling. go against it. He's had a lot of training to overcome. Yeah. He has. I think it was kind of interesting because I think in a way with, you know, Crease was like, like you said, Jason, when uh, he was like reminding Johnny, you know, like you forget who started this dojo. And, you know, I think that is one way he was trying to kind of reestablish his territory. And I really do think it was his intent to try and weasel his way in and gain the kids' trust and undermine Johnny and somehow take it away from him and, and him leaving and Johnny kicking him out you know, the whole snake theme, it felt like a little bit like Cobra Kai shedding its skin when Kreese left and like a, you mm -hmm. know, a new Cobra Kai emerges with Johnny, mm. you know, kind of 
reforming the 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 motto of you know strike hard strike or strike first strike hard and no mercy and kind of modifying it to his what he thinks should be the right way and that's bringing honor to it yeah yeah and he's always he always says it's still a requirement to be badass like he said that a couple <laughs> yeah. of times well, you can't be a pussy <laughs> yeah. come on i mean right, you can't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that he'll replace it'll be strike first strike hard don't be a pussy right <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Grima, what's your number three? Well, my number three was also the little goodbye to Crease, but since we kind of already talked about that, I'll uh, just kind of talk about one, one of my notes was the, the part about Robbie, uh, in my exact words, being a little twerp lying about <laughs> Miguel returning the Medal of Honor. Uh, he did not certainly earn that Medal of Honor with how he, you know, decided to lie and not tell uh, Samantha, you know, that he returned it and, you know, how it came to be. And he just leaves it lying there on a rock, like so obvious, you know, in the backyard of of Miyagi-Do and it just happens to be found. Um, I didn't like that. Yeah, it was great of Miguel yeah. to bring it there. Like as as brutal as Miguel is. I like that he didn't approve of what Hawk did, you mm-hmm. know, and he gave him shit mm-hmm. about it and he took the metal back and he's, he's also tr- the one I feel like that's most trying to make peace among him, Tori, Samantha and Robbie. Miguel's the one who's trying to make peace. Yeah. And so that was nice. But yeah, Robbie, I mean, we were, we were giving Robbie props last time for showing restraint and not um, being with Samantha and now he, you know, fucked up with the the metal and also with Samantha. So I think that maybe the show, like any soap opera, which this kind of is, if a character gets too good, they have to have them do dumb stuff like this to yeah, <laughs> dramatic. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, and it goes along again with the theme of the show that you were just talking about. And I, th- again, big theme of the the show is you know life is is pretty gray. It's not always black and white. And you know Robbie's a good kid. I mean he's I think all in all a pretty good kid. And I think he does try to do to do good. You know he does do really well encouraging the other members of Miyagi Do. And uh, you know Sam seems to like him and. Um, you know, he seems to try to make up kind of for his little shady past when he used to hang out with those, you know, kids that stole things all the time. Um, but so, I mean, it's just, a, it's another just little imperfect, um, moment he had. Yeah. I mean, it's all about Samantha. Yeah. yeah. He just doesn't yeah. want her to know that Miguel did a nice thing because well, who, he wants her for himself. I say what current boyfriend is going to make the ex-boyfriend look good? I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but. <laughs> Would I, I mean, let's was, see. No, I wouldn't nice, do but... that though. I'd be like, Miguel brought this over. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want your, your hey, your, your... jerk ex boyfriend brought yeah, this back. He's trying to get back in with you. It's so transparent because <laughs> that is kind of the truth. I don't think Miguel. I think that is part of the reason why Miguel. I mean, Hawk accuses him of it too. Oh, you just you know care about Samantha. I think that is a huge part of why he did that. To try to get back in her good graces. Oh, totally. And I think that's exactly exactly why Robbie was like, nah, I'm not <laughs> going to tell him about that. Buddy. I'm not going to tell her you did a good thing or a good deed or whatever and make her look good to you again. She's with me now. Right. It's just, a, if, to me, a 15 or 16-year-old boy move. Yeah, well, you know, 
you're you're not thinking 100% with your brain when you're that age. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, let's see. What if uh you were, you know, you were 18 years old, rich and and uh I'm trying to think how this would work. Somebody stole something from Lucy and then Eli brought it to the theater to give to her. Would you tell her Eli brought it? No, no way. <laughs> I mean, not Eli. <laughs> Maybe Eric Ortega, I'd be like, yeah, I'd jump on that bag- bandwagon, but yeah. <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with, you know, uh, situation. There's there's very little, uh, you know, uh, forethought at that age. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't... <sighs> I don't like the idea of just excusing something like that just because of what age he is. I think it was pretty messed up of Robbie to do that. Well, throw a little shade on Sam, too. I mean, she's not making it easy for him. She's kind of throwing herself at him, man. He was kept kept trying to be like, "Uh, you know, maybe we should. And she's like, yeah, we should. I'm saying the Medal of Honor part where he pretended he didn't know where it came from or whatever. I, I don't care if he's only 16. I don't I don't think it's cool. I, I think we can give teenagers more credit than that. But if you're a good kid, you'll tell the truth. Mm, if it gains you something. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else, Rima, on that one? No. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. I'm going to go into callbacks first right off the bat. So first callbacks from the movies. Um, Kreese, you know, first time he's been to Miyagi's home. The last time Kreese confronted Daniel alone I mean, Terry Silver was there, but it was in Karate Kid 3, and then uh, Miyagi showed up and kicked his ass. Now, Daniel, I mean, he's, I don't know, is he formidable enough to fight Kreese? I, I bet you Kreese would still win. What do you guys think? Gosh, that's a good question. Kreese uh, is dirty. I, I think he'd do something dirty. Yeah, I feel Maybe like he'd get yeah, the upper hand. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but Daniel didn't seem too scared i mean he seemed angry which sometimes is a response to fear but uh, i think he would have fought if he had to would have tried laura's when he was a little kid no way (laughs) yeah anyway robbie i figured this out probably would have been better to say it last time but robbie staying in daniel's guest house is i think kind of a reflection of daniel staying with miyagi in miyagi's guest house Mm -hmm. so that's sort of an echo there um in this episode, 
Daniel's mom says, I even bought you the Minute Maid because I know you hate the fancy stuff. She mentions Minute Maid in Karate Kid uh, when he's got his, uh, or no, he does when he's got his black eye and he won't show her, take off his sunglasses. And she says, are you on something? And he goes, yeah, I'm on Minute Maid. That's what I'm on. <laughs> so that's consistent. He's like Minute Maid from back then. Uh, Daniel has all his students waxing all the cars at the dealership. <laughs> that's a <Yeah>. callback. <laughs> Daniel's looking through his scrapbook. He sees postcards on one page from Japan and his like boarding pass and stuff. But the picture is Daniel and Miyagi and he has this big orange jacket on. So that seems like it's from Karate Kid 3 in, mm. you know, near the devil's punch bowl or whatever it was. What was it called? The devil's <laughs> basin punch bowl. <laughs> uh, there is a thing called the devil's punch bowl up there. Uh, then there's another page where Daniel's with the little kid and on his shoulders and it says my trip to Maui. I assume that's Samantha and there's Anthony's first Christmas. There's LaRusso's grand auto opening in 2002. So just some historical things. Um, let's see Johnny. He he's just been through a quick string of Tinder dates that didn't really go anywhere. And then he accidentally sends a Facebook message to Allie oh my god <laughs> it wasn't too bad in the next season i know yeah that's that's totally uh setting this up in the hopes that it happens kind of move on the show's part i would say i know i hadn't realized until we started doing this podcast at how many references it's like at least one every episode Allie makes yeah. some sort of an appearance and it's like how could you do that and then have her not show up season three how are they going to write themselves out of that I know. I mean, they could just not follow up on it, but it's pretty clear that if she's not already signed up, that the writers really want her. Yeah, man. She could probably make a lot of money. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You guys really want me, don't you? Give me what I want. I'll show up. The, uh, the title of the second episode we watched glory of love. That's that breakout song by Peter Cetera from karate kid two. Of course it's a callback. Um, in the skating rink, Tori comes up behind Samantha and just kind of rams into her. And then Sam hits her back and the security guy just sees Sam hitting her and says, all right, you're done. You're out. And Robbie's like, she's the one who started it. And he goes, you're out. That's <laughs> I think taken right from karate kid when Daniel's playing soccer for PE and the Cobra Kai, one of the guys trips him and he gets up and starts punching him. They're like, look what he's doing to Bobby, coach. And Bobby Oh, coach yeah, says, that's right. None of that on this team. Hey, hey, he hooked me. I said, out of here. This school sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a reflection. Some callbacks to the show earlier in the show. Johnny says to to Miguel and the whole class Creases Cobra Kai was old and outdated he refused to move forward and what happens when you do that Mr. Diaz he goes you get stuck like cement exactly that's from <laughs> the cement truck exercise from the first episode right and then when Johnny says to Miguel you know I, I know you guys are dating just don't get distracted you can play hide the plantain on your own time <laughs> that's from when he had plantains at Miguel's house. In English, they're called bananas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then let's see some uh, sort of call, sort of callbacks. Actually, this one when Crease says, "You know, we're doing this exercise in the at the creek or whatever it was, Coyote Creek," 
Johnny says, I'm not sure they're ready for that. That makes me think that Cobra Kai did that same exercise when Johnny was a student, mm-hmm. yeah. even though we never saw it. And then just sort of cultural callbacks. There's the 80s night at the skate rink where they're totally playing to the nostalgia of half the audience of this show, which I love. Yeah. You you mentioned that, Rima. Did you have a point on it? I did. Yep. Why don't you, do you want to talk about it so I don't step on it? Oh, well, that's okay. I, you can wrap what you have to say. It's totally fine. You go ahead. Well, I mean. What did you like about it? Well, I mean, it's short and sweet, but it, it definitely, I, I felt right at home in, in that scene, yeah. you know, seeing all the kids in their 80s getup. Now, some of them, of course, because they're in costume, some were a little over the top, but, um, you know, we all didn't walk around looking like that. Well, you guys know you were there too, but, you know, you don't walk around like that all the time. And, um, but it was definitely like home for me, uh, seeing the big hair and some of the outfits and, you know, how the guys dress. Like, you know, Robbie had his, uh, I know he wasn't, dr- he wasn't Don Johnson or it, as he said, Dan Johnson, which I just <laughs> wanted to, I was like, oh man, I just. It's so funny. Ugh, the kids these days. I'm telling no respect. Um, I know he was. <laughs> I'm like, be- <laughs> hey, he's on Watchmen. Don't you watch TV? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Come on. Uh, so I, I know he was supposed to be like James Spader, and I think he pulled that off pretty well. But that's basically how a lot of the guys dress, or at least one style, anyway. So yeah, I dress like Kirk Cameron because people said I looked like him. So yeah, I started <laughs> totally. taking fashion tips from him. Totally. So yeah, that that was definitely a big style for the guys, and and then seeing Tori dress in her Madonna. Get up uh, definitely took me back. I had all the Madonna gear in the day, so that definitely took me back. I used to definitely deck myself out in my coolest Madonna outfits going to the skating rink and just growing up at the skating rink. Mm-hmm. I was, if I wasn't at the movies, I was at the skating rink, you know, as a right kid. On. So that, that's lots of know. black, right? With, with those, um, you get like 30 of those ring bracelets or whatever those plastic yeah the, the rubber plastic bracelets <laughs> rubber, yeah. yeah i had them lined up both arms and had some like, your fluorescent silver. leg warmers I, yeah i didn't have a lot of fluorescent that was one thing in the 80s i wasn't into that much i know that was a big thing with madonna but i wasn't into the neon or the fluorescent that much the black the but dark the, phase right but yeah. the but the black and the rubber bla- Ca- bracelets goth. with the um you know i had a, a like a spiky bracelet too and just the hair and all of that and um so yeah if i wasn't at the skating rink i was at the movies i was a a latchkey kid, mom, or you know, my mom's a single parent. She just kind of dropped me off for hours at a time. Definitely took me back. Um, you know, kind of seeing all of that and hearing the music and and seeing the kids decked out. Um, a little nostalgic for sure. Right. I remember I had a uh, at at that age I had a salmon colored double breasted suit and pants <gasps> with a black shirt and a white tie. <laughs> Pictures or it didn't exist. Right. We gotta we gotta see some pictures. That's awesome. I had a salmon colored suit too, except I had white pants and a salmon mm. jacket. Oh, maybe we shared it. Maybe. Gotta <laughs> yeah, see pictures, guys. Um yeah, I liked the the music. Dance Hall Days by Wang Chung and If You Leave by OMD, one of my oh, favorites. Yeah. When they played that song, I was like like Rima, I was watching this roller rink sing, and I'm like, oh, this is cute and fuzzy. Everybody's having fun. 80s party, pretty in pink, blah, blah, blah. And then the song came on, If You Leave by OMD, and it like totally triggered a flood of memories for me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like flood of emotions. Suddenly, remember going to Roller King, which was our roller rink yeah. here, and then, you know, high school dances, putt-putt golf, bowling. 
we had a <laughs> road that we used to party on called Lit Road and Oh yeah. Oh man. All you can eat buffet at King's Table. Oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, there was this road cuz we're we're from Modesto, which is um kind of a commuter town, but on the edges it's all country, so you go out on this dirt road and every weekend somehow there'd be a keg out there. Yeah. We'd go out there. Mm, that happened here too on occasion. And I remember one night Rich being like, I'm not even drinking. <laughs> That's funny. Gosh, now I want to have an 80s party, get a bunch of yeah. friends of like the same age. And when it's like, I guess, safe again or make sense, have a I know. 80s party. I guess maybe a that virtual fun, huh? 80s party. Yeah, I can be Kirk Cameron again. Um, I can be current Kirk Cameron and tell everyone they're going to go to hell and burn forever. <laughs> um, so a little bit more on that. Miguel, I love this. It was kind of subtle, but he's like, can I borrow your jacket? And he borrows Johnny's jacket for 80s night. And it kind of looks like a Michael Jackson-y kind of a thing. But I went back to the scene in Karate Kid and it's the same jacket he's wearing when he's on his motorcycle with the same Cobra Kai patch and everything. So that was cool. Have an 80s night, borrow the jacket from the guy who's stuck in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just raid Johnny's wardrobe, man. He's he's got all the gear. Authentic. I love what he say. uh, I'm skipping around a little bit when he's like, uh, yeah, I know when I need to help you with your wardrobe and he goes oh i i don't think i need that and or whatever and he's like i'm thinking a button down shirt and some distressed jeans do you have that and he goes if you mean old jeans yeah (laughs) i think he probably does i think all of his old jeans are distressed they're just still from like the 80s and 90s (laughs) back in the 80s they had like stonewashed (laughs) I just a couple other points. Uh, I think Robbie looks way better with spader hair than He Man hair. Actually, yes, uh. <laughs> big improvement. Yeah, totally. And then um, I guess Sam is dressed up like. Is she dressed up like uh, Molly Ringwald? Sam, that's what I was thinking. I think she's. Supposed I mean, I don't to. think I saw Pretty in Pink, so I don't remember. But she kept talking about. She says you're a ducky in spader clothing, which I know means you're hot, but you're also nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> John Cryer was supposed to end up with uh, Molly Ringwald in Pretty in Pink, and the test screening audiences didn't like it, so they changed the ending. So that uh, was it. James Spader? No, it was. The other guy, Andrew, whatever his name was. Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. Right? Was he in Pretty in Pink? You guys haven't seen it either, have you? Because you're not answering any of my questions. I'm that, trying to remember. That, that was one. I was all in on like Breakfast Club and uh, 16 yeah. Candles. I was not. I didn't see Pretty in Pink. I guess I got to okay. revoke my 80s card, 80s kid card for not seeing it, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. They all kind of run together, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, let's see. Where are we? I think we're at... Richard for number two. Number two, yeah, it was mostly about the uh, the the roller rink. I thought that was a fun, cute scene, and and uh, yeah, all the '80s callbacks was pretty cool too. I'm trying to find something else to say, but I think we covered most of it. All right. When was the last time you guys went roller skating? Gosh, I can't even remember. I went a few years ago. Uh, one of my good friends, she her daughter uh, was. Uh, 
she was in middle school at the time. She's in high school now, but she was in middle school and she had a birthday party and she said, uh, Hey, you should come to the party. We're all just going to, you know, hang out and have pizza at the, at the skating rink. And I was like, uh, I'm totally in. Oh <laughs> 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 yeah. I strapped them skates on and I, we got out there and, um, had to request some good music. They were playing some awful music. And so of course I went and requested some good stuff that we could skate to. But yeah, it, it was it was a few years. I felt it the next day for sure. No yeah. kidding. I, 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 we would roller skate in the eighties, and then in the nineties, the big fad was inline skates, right? And, roller uh, blades, roller blades, yeah. And we we would be and Eric and Barlin. I can't remember if you did with us, but we used to skate a lot. Got pretty good at it. Yeah, downtown, outside. Yeah, around. Yeah, and in the park and stuff. I mean, I still have scars <laughs> when I <laughs> fell. And then when I went off to college, I used to skate around campus a lot. But I haven't, I mean, I've done some ice skating more in recent years. And every time I do, my ankles kill me. Because if you don't do that on the regular and you're older, it's it's hard. I never got good enough to skate backwards. I was always disappointed. Oh, really? Yeah. I wasn't so great at it either. As much time as I spent there, I never got very good at skating backwards. So I could, I could go forward pretty good though. Get around them curves, kind of lean into it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it. I remember when I first learned, it's kind of like in snowboarding when you finally fucking figure out how to turn. It's like, holy shit, <laughs> do something new right now. Ties it all together. Yeah. Okay. Rima, what's your number two? My number two, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Johnny's dream sequence with Miguel's mom. Talk about wet dreams. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I, I, I thought, it, I, I probably think it's a little bit more interesting than, than maybe what the fellas might think of that. Uh, she's certainly a hot woman, so I'll give her that, but I thought it was, you know, just a really fun, you know, kind of how Johnny imagines you know, a woman of his dreams and, you know, them having like this karate kind of duo and she overpowers <laughs> him. And then, you know, she's pouring beer on herself and, you know, then pouring it in Johnny's mouth. And it's just funny to kind of see an insight into Johnny's mind. As cheap to what, beer. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. still, it's still, yeah, he's, you know, he might be dreaming, but it's still cheap, practical beer. Um <laughs> So it was interesting. I, th I think he was in his gi for a second there, but it was like a one of those white ones yeah. with no sleeves. She <laughs> was in the black one. So she was being, oh, was she? yeah, okay, she was yeah. in the black she's one. She's the bad girl. Yeah, she's the bad girl and has, of course, some, you know, cute lingerie underneath it. Mm. Uh, so, so it was just kind of fun. Uh, and, and of course, you know, the, the white snake song playing, you know, was here I go perfectly again. in tune, you know, although I was uh, a little worried when they when you realize then it shows him in bed and he's dreaming. I was a little bit worried about that when they pulled the camera back, what might actually be happening. Uh, <laughs> 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 and then he goes like when that started, he was in front of her door like the moment was, you know, pregnant with possibility. And then. He has the dream and then he goes right over there and it's the same yeah, sort of feeling. And then she walks up with some other guy. Womp, womp. <laughs> yeah. He, he did not strike first this time. Right. Oh. And I, I remember when I first saw that, I thought, oh, shit, he's got no chance. So it was kind of cool that it came around by the end of the episode. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. But it was it was just a fun little insight into what like <laughs> Johnny's dreams of a, a hot chick or like an 80s uh, video back yeah. in the day on MTV. What do you think of that, Rich? Even his dreams are stuck in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy, man. It was like a white snake video. Tonic Katane <laughs> doing cartwheels on, on the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I um, tried to shoot i should have looked harder i wanted to find an interview with that actress so she could talk about what it was like doing it but i couldn't find one. i bet it was fun but i would she totally seemed to have it. fun with it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the coors light always makes me laugh too <laughs> and then later on in the bar he meets that hot chick after all his failed dates and she's drinking coors light and then he's like, oh, she's I, the perfect woman. I got to go. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You didn't have to say you had to go. Just tell her you'd be right back, you dork. Yeah. Yeah. Get her fucking number. <laughs> you dumbass. <laughs> I know. I felt so bad for her. She bumps into him just like he said that's the way he used to do. And she's like perfect. She's cute. She likes the same things he likes. And that's the whole point that uh, sometimes, you know, or what do they say? You got to follow your heart or that's what somebody said at some point in this. You can't deny your heart. So I think that's one of the themes of this episode. But I f- he should have. I mean, I always feel bad when people are rude to other people. So he should have at least said, you know, uh, you know what? I'm sorry. I-, I realize I'm not in a position to be doing this. I didn't mean to mislead you or something, but that would have been boring, I guess. Right. He's just like, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> He makes his own fate. Yeah. <laughs> He's in love with Carmen. Well, let's see. My, my number two is romance and love. And uh, there was a lot of it. Yeah. Johnny, the Johnny's dream was great. Johnny, uh, I, was, I thought it was awesome that Miguel gets Johnny on Tinder. What kind of women are you looking to meet? Oh, wait, super hot babes. Dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like? I like muscle cars, martial arts, and Iron Eagle. And Iron Eagle, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I realized he said that, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> I like the exact same things. Same things. <laughs> and Caveman. And, uh, he likes Caveman, too. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's another like... Or no, he goes, it used to be easy to find a girl at a bar, just bump into her hard, but not too hard. Then buy her a beer, make up for it. Miguel's like, no. And he goes, tried and true Diaz. That's how the cavemen did it. Cavemen. That's another like, you know, like those in, in those insurance commercials. Um, But Iron Eagle, I, I read that the guy who played Tommy, Rob Garrison, he was actually in that movie. Yeah. Oh, really? He yeah. Then he's on Tinder. This is dumb. You can't find anything about a chick from... Ooh, this one's hot. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you need to know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, his dates are pretty funny. That really cute girl who's like, oh, yeah, I just need... It's hard to find someone who knows how to handle kids. He's like, oh, I'm around kids all the time. <laughs> One of my students was texting, so I body slammed him <laughs> to the mat and pounded my elbow into his teeth. <laughs> And then uh, he finds that girl with ditches her and uh, find that guy is like, he just happens to run into that guy who was dating Carmen. Who's like, she's good for a few bangs and then I'll drop her. That was a bit of a coincidence. Yeah. That ruined his whole night. Yeah. They had to go out and kick his ass. And then he's like, 
You're lucky I'm showing mercy. This is mercy. <laughs> but then I really like the end of that whole arc where he, you know, goes back to Carmen and she's been stood up and he's like, oh, just forget about that guy. You know, he's a loser. Anybody would be lucky to go on a date with you. She's like, you asking me out? What if I am? And that's another moment. There's been a few moments where there's like something romantic happening between two characters and they do this great build up music that adds to it. So like, I'm kind of feeling the excitement of it too. I'm going to play a little clip here. Forget about him. You don't deserve a loser like that. You deserve a guy at least shows up. Anybody be lucky to go on a date with you. You asking me out? What if I am? <laughs> they and they lived job. happily ever after. <laughs> yeah. 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 If the series just ended right there. <laughs> <laughs> I have a vague recollection of a date coming up between them that I think was really funny. So I'm looking forward to that. Ah, that'd be cool. Well, he did. And ask then last on, on the romance thing, Amanda and Daniel it's 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 a bit heavy like wow their marriage is in trouble like this is pretty serious um it's it's a tough situation like i i identify with daniel here he's bored with his job it seems like and he finds this passion that he wants to follow and it takes up a lot of his time and for me that's podcasting and um so my solution was to just quit my job but anyways uh <laughs> he just blows off his wife and you know he told her he would be there for that lunch blows her off that's a dick move and he keeps doing it over oh i promise i'll be better and so i don't blame her for being upset about it um but i also felt like you know in the end she says i don't want you to have to give it up when he's saying i, I miss mr miyagi and this makes you feel like you know he's with me and and she's like, I don't want you to have to give it up. But she never said anything like that up until that moment. And she was just saying, you know, like sometimes you, um, you focus on what's most important to you. Right. And she's just like, seems like she's about ready to just divorce him. And I was like wishing she would offer a compromise or something, you know? Uh, but I guess she's just feeling like he doesn't give a shit about her anymore. And, um, she, she well the whole moment with daniel and his mother i really liked that part when she was talking about the story at uh, coney island and i especially liked the actress i forgot her name but her delivery of it because when you read the script it doesn't sound that momentous it's like uh we were waiting in line on the wonder wheel uh, just us and dad held my hand and he put his hand on my shoulder right here. And he told me he loved me. I could still feel his hair on my cheek. That's all I ever wanted to know that he was in it with me, but I'm going to play that scene just so you can tell how great her delivery was to make it really poignant. At least I thought so. You know what I remember? What? What, what do you call it? What was it? Uh, the, the wonder wheel. Oh, That's what I, it was. Yeah. I got that amazing view. No, 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 no. The line. That's what I remember. It wasn't the lights. It wasn't the, the, the ride. It, it was the smallest moment. 
we were uh, waiting in line on the Wonder Wheel, and uh, just just us. And Dad held my hand, and he he put his head on my shoulder, right here, and he he told me he loved me. <laughs> I could still feel his hair on my cheek. That's all I ever wanted to know. That he was in it with me. No matter what. I love you. I get choked up. <laughs> That's all I want to know too. Uh, yeah, she she de- delivered that whole scene just beautifully. I mean, if you didn't get choked up and and really feel that, I mean, check check your pulse. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I I think yeah, she must have been thinking about somebody in her own life. I mean, you know, good actors figure it out, but I think a lot of times that's how they do it. I don't know, but yeah, it was really moving. I thought. As I was watching that whole episode, though, I was like, I wonder if Rich is just going to think this is super boring. <laughs> I'm sorry. What What are we talking about? <laughs> that episode should have been called Lull. <laughs> <laughs> Lull. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. And uh, but uh, I think that was the key. Like she, she told, showed Daniel, ah, she just wants to know that you're in it with her. And maybe once Daniel sort of felt into that and made amanda feel it too that's when she could open up and be like okay well i don't want you to have to give up the dojo either but she just needs to feel that he still cares about her basically and so he showed her that by you know recreating that night when they first got the auto dealership together which is significant because that's something that they're in together and she wants to feel like they're in it together so anyway um i i I love all that i do wonder well okay did you really solve anything like (sighs) he still wants to do the karate right like we need that for the show yeah the, I, I got a little nervous too when amanda said that all his efforts up to that point were like putting a bandage on an open head wound <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like ouch i don't know if that was actually an analogy or not but i started thinking Ooh, because at this point, right, Johnny's still looking for love. And I'm like, what if Johnny swept in and took Amanda? No, I'd be like, no! How funny would it have been if he's swiping through Tinder and sees Amanda? Oh, God. <laughs> that would be a sharp left turn. <laughs> yeah, Johnny steals Amanda away, and then Allie comes to town, and Daniel and Allie get back together. And oh, Johnny's like, God man. damn it. Now we're talking 80 soap operas. <laughs> now we're talking knives and guns. And then, okay, so then all on the romance thing, there's also this Samantha and Robbie and Miguel and Tori. And I really like the talk between Moon and Samantha because Moon is just such a nice friend. You know, she just gazed right into Samantha's eyes very openly and just so such a supportive friend. And that was nice. And she said, my mom's therapist always says you can't hide from your heart. That's what it was. So (laughs) maybe that's similar to why Johnny decided to go back for Carmen. Yeah, I wrote a note down too. It's good to see that Sam still has a friend. She hasn't been too fortunate. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she's kind of it's her own making sometimes. 
But then, uh, you know, Robbie, w- last time we were all like, good job, Robbie. And now he's just kissing Samantha. I'm like, what changed? You know, your hormones finally got to you. But um, I think that was it. But a switch you could tell flipped for him when they were fighting in the in the freezer. And they kind of locked together and you could tell something happened there. And Daniel doesn't notice it. He's like, good. Yeah. He's thinking this one's a keeper. So I was wondering when you and Lucy were watching this, since she was happy that Robbie said no before, what was she saying when they were like constantly making out and stuff? Lucy was upset. She kept hiding behind a pillow. She didn't want to watch the show. She was like, no, stop making these stupid decisions. Oh, my God. Daniel's going to kick him out. Daniel's going to kick him out. (laughs) Does take quite some balls for them to be doing that right under Daniel's nose. I know. And then what else? So Miguel, as I said, you know, he, they all come together at the skating rink. Miguel seems to be the one most trying to make peace. He compliments Robbie and Sam's costumes. He tries to introduce Sam and Robbie to Tori. And when he says Tori's in Cobra Kai, Sam goes figures. So she's being snotty. And then Tori like gives Miguel an an extra long kiss to sort of claim her territory, which uh, that's maybe that's okay. But um, then Robbie's Robbie's just sort of quiet the whole time, I guess. But then later when Miguel's alone with Samantha, he tries to smooth things over again. Look about Tori. And she goes, I can't believe you'd be with a girl like that. Well, you don't even know her. I know enough. So she's just like her dad, you know, she's Mm -hmm. in Cobra Kai. That's enough. Damn her. Then, um, Miguel finally gets mad enough. I, I should be the one who's man. You got me thinking I'm paranoid. I'm a paranoid asshole. And here you're on a date with Robbie. Sam says, it's not a date. Miguel's like, not a date. Yeah, I've heard that one before, which I didn't get that at first, but that's a callback. Call yeah. Mm-hmm. To their first, not a date date. Yeah. Well, and then you don't know her or you don't even know her. Was it also a callback to Sam saying the same to Miguel about Robbie? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So Miguel's like, I just wanted to clear the air. I guess that's a lost cause. And he's right. It's a lost cause. He did try. And then Tori slams into Samantha. So, you know, as we've said, Tori, she's got some spunk. We like her, but she's can be pretty aggressive sometimes. And that was like a totally, you know, bad move in my opinion. Pretty messed up. She's the drama queen, man. (laughs) I I feel like Robbie and Tori would make a better couple and Miguel and (laughs) Samantha, to be honest. I don't know. Robbie's trying to be good. Tori might lead him down the bad path again. Yeah, guess so. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Number three, Richard. Number three, you know, I, okay. So I was a little scared that Daniel was going to lose Amanda. That, that was a little upsetting. I had a little bit of a fear that that was going to happen. I think I'm going to flub this a little bit because I'm not really sure how I feel. I'm going to try and explain about Daniel you know, the, the last uh, episode eight was kind of a lot about Daniel losing his balance in life. Something he's been touting this, you know, for the last two seasons. And I, I didn't I didn't know if I understood or liked the the message that this episode was was giving us. I didn't like 
or maybe I should say I didn't like the effect that the message would may have on future arcs and plot points. You know, I mean, what is the message here? It's just it's to achieve balance in your life, right? You can't just be a jack of all trades, though. Because, like Jason just said, it's still a show about karate. I mean, are you going to do many things mediocre or are you going to do one thing absolutely awesome? But then you can't really just do that because then he would lose Amanda. So I'm like, where is this going? What's happening? The best of the best, right? They dedicate every waking hour to achieving their goals. Like the people that are doing the Olympics and such, Mm -hmm. professional sportsmen, you know, and sportswomen. They... uh, they do one thing and they do it really, really well. There is really no balance. It's completely lopsided. And then Daniel, you know, he was turning those kids into little Miyagi's and then he had to take time away from that. So, you no, know, where's this going to, what's going to happen in the future with this? It's got to yeah. have some sort of effect, right? Oh, Does he yeah, want he Miyagi-Do to be the best or what? And then meanwhile, Johnny's yeah. flirting with hot babes and he, he you know, where's his attention going? <laughs> And he's going off with his Cobra Kai friends. I mean, yeah, like I said, I identify with this. I mean, I've got two kids, you know, I got my whole family. I got my podcasting. I I quit my job to do to pour as much time as I could into the podcasting. And um, I still, you know, it's like spinning plates keeping when you get, grow up and you become an adult. There's a lot of demands on your time and attention. And if you're going to satisfy everybody, it's a lot of hard work and it takes time. And, and so, um, for Daniel to be able to do that, I feel like if he can get Amanda to agree, maybe he could try taking a year off of the auto group and hiring more help and fucking charging his students at (laughs) Miyagi do, you know, that might be a compromise. Yeah. I'm hoping something will be resolved here or, or like so often they do, they just completely ignore it and move forward. I know. Right, right, right. I, I don't know. Yeah. This show seems to be pretty good about following up on stuff like that so far, but we'll see. I don't remember the last two episodes, whether it was addressed yeah, it seems like it's going to have to be. Those are my thoughts. You know, like Jason knows me really well. And I did have a little bit of lapse in uh, attention when everyone was making out. So I started thinking down this dark path here. <laughs> <laughs> that makes total sense. Okay, Rima. Well, we we kind of talked about it and it was really short uh, moment. But just my my big number one was was Johnny's message to to Allie. Um. And I don't know what else we really need to say about it at this point, but I think it was just a really big moment. I do love how he misspelled his name when he was first writing it and had to kind of go back and, and fix his name. <laughs> thought that was, he, that was he cute. types way too fast on that. Yeah. Phone, so. On his yeah. Ericsson smartphone. Yeah. yeah my smartphone. smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> how does he type? I can't type that fast. <laughs> I know for being someone who's who's pretty inept and who was not so long yeah, ago wearing or not wearing, sorry, was using a flip phone. Wasn't he still using like one of those old? I don't even remember yeah. seeing him get that smartphone, but uh, <laughs> he was still using a flip phone not long ago. So he's he's got that texting thing and typing down pretty well. Uh, but it was funny because I totally related to that. You know, he's sitting there pondering, like sending that message. And when he gets bumped by that cute girl who, you know, offers to buy him a beer and that he really, well, he should have, I should say, hit it off with, but he was kind of not paying attention to her um, when she bumped into him and it caused his thumb to move up and hit send. And I was like, oh, mm. shit, you know, because he mm-hmm. <laughs> wasn't quite yeah, sure. Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, so I think we've all had that kind of moment. I think, uh, you know, yeah, we've all had that yeah. moment like, uh-oh. 
hit send too quick. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't know he could, uh, he can delete it. I don't know. Was that feature around at that time? I don't know. I don't know. If they maybe had that not. Delete yeah. feature. And it would still say it would still message show up. deleted. So yeah, it would Allie still show would up. Johnny message deleted. Yeah. And that would probably <laughs> almost be. And, but it was pretty benign. It was just like, hey, I was, you know, thought we could connect. I got on Facebook on my smartphone. Yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> On the Facebook, yeah. It's an app on my smartphone and thought we could connect. <laughs> <laughs> just explaining it to her. <laughs> But I thought it was adorable, and again, like you were just like, dang, we we talk about Allie so much on on this show. Right. They bring her up all the time, and uh, I, I feel this is like the big secret. I just feel like it has to happen, <laughs> and uh, it just it, it makes me really excited because I'm really interested to see if they do get her on the show, uh, even if it's for one episode what that's gonna look oh, like oh i hope it's more though i hope like, it's more but you know how it two goes or three yeah timing I know, yeah. and i mean we'll be lucky to get any yeah i mean yeah. If, if, if we get her at all we'd, we'd be really lucky so even if we just get one episode i i, I would want more but i i i feel like we just have to have her and just kind of see that dynamic again to see how stuck these guys are still on her <laughs> I, I mean damn what what's yeah. that girl got only just once would cause a tsunami jeez I mean, she's been a big movie star in Cocktail with Tom Cruise and uh, Leaving, was it? Leaving, leaving Las, Las Vegas? Vegas with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. That was outstanding. Cage. But it's been a while. And, you know, recently we saw she her on The, the Boys. Boys season one. Yeah. And uh, she was great. But that's just another streaming TV show. You know, I think Cobra Kai is at least as popular as The Boys. So if she's going to do that. Hopefully she would come back and do this. Come on. Elizabeth Shue. Uh, yeah, do it, Miss Shu. Yeah, <laughs> if anybody's listening that has absolutely any say, make it happen. We miss you, miss you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my number one is is training for war, and what made these episodes better for me this time that I don't think I was that focused on the first time was the realization that Crease has declared war here, and Daniel is getting his students ready for it. Uh, it, so that makes it feel like there's more purpose to these last several episodes than, than I realized. And there's the whole thing about crease considering his students as soldiers and they're in a war. And he says, war never ends. Peace is just the lull between battle. You better hope your students are ready. Cause I promise you ours will be. So that's a declaration of war on Daniel. And he's like, what have I gotten these kids into? Which is a good question. Like, would they be better off if they just didn't take karate classes? Cause now they're targets of this crazy dude and his students. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, it was kind of dumb of Crease to warn him too, by the way, but I don't know, whatever. Yeah, they do that all the time. <laughs> so, so he, uh, you know, I, Daniel, like he decides the thing to do is to train him up so they're ready for whatever happens. And he's always says, you know, what karate is about uh, protecting and defending. But if you got to be ready when the fight comes to you, he said that a few times. So then we see this, this is like the two sides of the, the war training and the different training methods. And since Cobra Kai is more about dominating your enemy, they split them up into two groups and tell them that each group is the other's enemy. And they do that whole thing in the woods. what did you guys think about that sequence? We haven't really talked about it. Yeah, it was fun to watch. They had some good action going on there. Sure did. A little bit of power dynamics, you know, kind of like a pecking order was being established at the same time. Yeah. It was cool to see that uh, Miguel and Hawk are like the two most badasses and they fought. 
especially remembering where Hawk came from, that he was such a geek, but he's really got some formidable energy going on there. So I think it was cool to have those two fight. And I'm glad that Miguel won, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just as quick, it was resolved. The next day when he showed up at the dojo, he's all, hey, man, no hard feelings. He's like, no, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, what did you say? We're, we're enemies during that. We were enemies that. for the day, mm-hmm. but Cobra Kai... For life. End or, yeah, yeah. for life, for life, yeah, for life, yeah, 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 and and that's that was just a nice moment, you know, which is good. It's so cool when the show doesn't necessarily make you hate anybody. Yeah, fully. even Hawk can have nice moments like right. That. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's, he's, he's walking the walk. Yeah, it's cool. Then Miyagi Do is their training is about adapting to harsh conditions, so and defending. And so there's the Shoshu Geiko Japanese tradition where you train during the hottest days of the year. We just had one of those, by the way, 100 degree oh, weather. 109 <laughs> here. Right. Uh, driving home, I, I drove through 112 at one point. Ouch. And then there's um, Kan Geiko, which is the cold version of that. And uh, the, that whole exercise of having one person in the middle where Daniel calls out the numbers and they attack the focus is on the defender in the middle so it's more about defense and it was pretty cool right the whole where you'd say a number and there would be a slow-mo sequence of the, him, the person in the middle blocking yeah that uh the whole heat wave is, is a gift though that thing that's a deal breaker for me i could not be uh <laughs> i can't get down no. with that <laughs> con guy like goes that. more that's I, more my game i'm yeah me too totally but it's a good point that you need to if you prepare yourself in super harsh conditions it's like uh running with weights on your ankles or something yeah. or, or putting a weight on your bat during that it's like rocky four when he was working yeah. out in the barn and running through the snow yeah i would exactly. break you <laughs> and then dimitri's getting the shit beat out of him as usual and i was like dude maybe don't throw your hardest stuff at dimitri he's obviously a bit challenged and he's newer than the other guys but uh that aside i did like that he made it about his brain he says dimitri you're the most neurotic person that i know and i thought oh daniel's finally had enough he's gonna unload on this kid but he (laughs) goes you always expect the worst but you could use that to your advantage it means you anticipate think of it as a spidey sense it's not about who's fastest or strongest. It's about instincts. It's about using what's in here and points to his brain. Just appealing to a kid like that about, oh, if you're smart enough, you can do it is a good idea because he thinks he's so smart, you know, but also maybe there's some truth to it that he could actually build, you know, use his strengths to anticipate stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. I can tell yeah. you, and it's very true with martial arts. Uh, size doesn't matter. So. It's a bit like chess in a way, right? Yeah. Like strategy. Is that kind of, I mean, if you are in the right place at the right time, then you can leverage that. Yeah, kind of. I mean, there, there's, there's strategy involved, definitely. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not a very a big person. I'm tall, but I'm not a very big person. And, but I mean, you know, I've fought people bigger than me and stronger than me and, you know, um, been able to, to overcome them when we were sparring and things, you know, when we're learning so you, you you assume like, oh, man, they're huge. They're going to take me down. But then you realize mm-hmm. when you learn something that if you do it right and you're smart, then you can take them down. And it doesn't matter how big that person is. Right. Punching somebody in the balls 
size doesn't really <laughs> it's not all just punching <laughs> no, in the I'm balls kidding, i can no, promise no. you <laughs> <laughs> no that's cool yeah that's cool uh what else yeah i don't need to talk about that what about notes mm, i thought it was funny when um moon was talking with samantha in the room i can't remember what she gave her did she give her something and she said oh that's something to help you balance your kinetic energy <laughs> it was like a hemp in, fo- like infused a tea or something. Smoothie or something oh was it oh yeah, yeah yeah smoothie yeah and i thought yeah i need something to balance my potential energy all you're doing <laughs> is sitting on the couch for the last couple of days because you can't go outside yeah and then um in the office when um crease pointed to the to the military picture hanging on the wall he said a, a buddy of mine took that picture i wonder if he was referring to terry silver Ooh. yeah probably yeah and i i forgot to say it i had it in my notes but when we were covering karate kid 3 i thought i would love to see terry silver in the series he's just so crazy and over the top it would be really fun and now I'm kind of wondering if he's not going to be back in season three, maybe. Mm. The the one thing, and this is like, so like, I don't know that they do it on purpose or anything because Miyagi was a World War II veteran. So I, I won't say that they portray veterans in a bad way, but like Kreese and Terry Silver, which I know he's not in Cobra Kai, but he was in Karate Kid. But Kreese and Terry Silver, both coming from Vietnam, they're both total assholes. And I just feel like they just... I mean, I realize it's their characters, and I don't think that they purposely mean it for all Vietnam veterans. But man, Vietnam veterans just got like get like a bad rap in movies a lot of times. It's like those those guys when they came back got so much shit, you know, and treated so badly, and and then you know they get the stereotype that they're all just a bunch of assholes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that that bugs I mean, me. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I get that. It is a good point though that. They also have Miyagi, who was in World War II, has this Medal of Honor, yeah. is an honorable person. So that could be sort of a counterpoint to that, you know? But, yeah. <laughs> when Stingray uh, made his debut, <laughs> I was like, oh, for God's sakes, he had that stupid string hanging off his face. and then, But then it, I did chuckle a little bit when... Uh, the music ran out on his introduction. <laughs> and Johnny was just like, "All right, let's get moving." <laughs> he goes, "Well, he goes, okay, Chubbs, let's get moving, or whatever." The dude tries <laughs> so such hard. He tries so hard. Yeah, I don't. I don't. He's not working for me. It's yeah. it just falls a little bit flat for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, but him uh, popping up from under the leaves was kind of funny, I guess. But it kind of reminded me of that video we made, Rich. yeah that's right that's how we started it did you guys notice uh his his internet for dummy book was up on uh, (laughs) the shelf in the closet yeah i think that was that his computer too that was up there no it couldn't have been his computer it was sitting on top of something when miguel was rooting through his uh closet looking for clothes Mm -hmm. anything else you know, I thought that yeah, the soundtrack for the for these two episodes was pretty good. It's like yeah. the quintessential '80s soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Be pretty easy to piece together. This episode sent me down a Chicago Peter Cetera rabbit hole today <laughs> for sure. It was bad. I mean, I, I think I mentioned before, probably when we were talking Karate Kid too, because uh, there was, you know, Glory of Love uh, from that soundtrack. And that kind of brought it all back and I thought, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a sucker for Peter Cetera 
uh, songs. It gets me every damn time. Just takes me back, and it's that's there. There's the secret, guys. To if you wanna, if you wanna, you know, if you if you meet me and and, and you're interested, start playing. Some if you want to rue Rima, guess, guess that's all soundtrack, Anna. Yeah, that's all it <laughs> takes. So, yeah, it's definitely sent me down a Chicago Peter's Terra rabbit hole, uh, jamming on. They play some of that in the um, what do you call it? The limousine. He played, oh, you're the inspiration. Mm-hmm. You're the inspiration by Chicago. And I'm like, that. I feel like that was in a Karate Kid movie. I mean, we know Glory of Love was, but um, I searched you're the inspiration Karate Kid and it's some pages came up, but nothing that definitively no, said. So it, it made not. me feel like other people thought it was in there too, but it's not. Yeah. Like I said, man. And then we had White Snake. And they all run together. Yeah. D and Wang Chung. And Take all your pick. Guys, yeah. Could be in any eighties movie. <laughs> yep. Rima, any notes? One that we haven't already talked about because the music was a big part of it. Uh, but when Daniel had the kids in the um, meatpacking place, did you notice the name on like the boxes and and the signs? No. Said Fernandez mm-hmm. meets. The boxes were all labeled with Fernandez. Oh, is that his friend, Freddie Fernandez? Yeah. So the stickers suggest that the factory is owned by Freddie Fernandez. And in the movie, in the original Karate Kid, he was the kid um, who met him there at the apartment building. He was wearing the Make and Bacon shirt when when they moved in. And so (laughs) it would appear he ended up in the bacon business. (laughs) So I guess they stayed friends then, even after he treated him like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Completely ignored him. That's awesome. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really cool. So I thought that, that was an cool. interesting little tidbit there. I was like, that looks familiar. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, I think that's right. So uh, other than the music and um, I think we've covered all of my other notes. So that's all I have. I only have one more. And it was when Johnny is beating up the guy who is dating Carmen in the alley. And he goes, uh, never go near Carmen again. And he goes, whatever you say, I'll ghost her. And Johnny goes, yo, what? <laughs> 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 he goes, I'll leave her alone. He's so stuck. I just love that. But he talks to Miguel about, you know, what happens when we don't move forward. You know, we get stuck. And I'm right. like, Johnny, you are like the one that's Oh, he's watched. trying now. He's trying. He's this trying. This whole series is Johnny in a cement. He's slowly, <laughs> as it's drying, trying to cement move Cement galoshes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nice. Let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Okay, we're back. It's time for some listener feedback. Not a lot of feedback this week, but we got one message and one call. Uh, Jason Robertson writes, It's been a while since I've seen the episodes, so I'm fuzzy on the details, but I love all of your coverage of the series. It always jogs my memory of the episodes listening to y'all. My kids didn't know who Don Johnson was either, just like Robbie didn't. (laughs) Yeah, that was a bygone generation. (laughs) I actually didn't really watch um, Miami Vice much, but you could not escape that image of him with his his uh, day glow t-shirts and suit jackets and everything. 
I still remember him from Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Oh, hell yeah. That was a cool movie, huh? Love Don Johnson. And we got our weekly call with Steve Brown. Hello, House Podcastica. This is Steve. This is for uh, Cobra Kai Season 2, Episodes 7 and 8, Lull and Glory of Love. Um, a couple of good episodes. I think they, they went well together. Um, you know, it was starting, I was, I still am, I'm still leaning towards liking, you know, I can't do it. I wish I could. <laughs> he said he hates the Patriots. You know, I can't with this guy, Johnny, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, besides that, that quote, um, you know, it was interesting, uh, Watching the whole scene in the woods, uh, it counter counterpointed with the Daniel training uh, his students in the cold and the heat. I thought that was it was a, kind of an interesting, very good juxtaposition there of that uh, loved stingray coming out from the the ground uh, to attack Miguel. Uh, I do know, or I assume that uh, the whole Medal of Honor thing that's going to come back to bite Robbie in the butt. I'm sure. Uh, because that was just wrong. Why, why, just admit, just tell her the truth. Be honest, man. Hey, Miguel came over. He returned the medal. He said he's sorry. Boom, you're done. You know, uh, and then that little tussle in the skating rink between uh, Tori and Sam. This is definitely going to be going to come to a head, I'm sure, between the two of them. We're going to get to see a fight. Um, and then absolutely loved uh, Daniel trying to, to mend his relationship with his wife and seeing the flashback uh, where they were in the car before Sam was born and Glory of Love is playing and then they flash to the to the present and it moves right into You're the Inspiration. You know, okay, it's Peter Cetera solo in Chicago, but we can we can forgive it. All right, <laughs> uh, can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts. Talk what? to you later. <laughs> About Robbie, it's like, yeah, but honesty can be pretty boring, so that's why. <laughs> that was funny when Daniel in the back of the car said that uh, when their first child was to be born, he was like, uh-uh, I claimed that child. The next one was yours. I was like, Anthony, he sucks. <laughs> Good call, Daniel. I haven't missed <laughs> him at all. Has there even been any Anthony I, this season at all? I, yeah, I haven't gosh. seen him in a while. Unless it was really early, like the first couple yeah, of episodes. But I don't even know if he's been in it at all. Because it was a while when we podcasted on one and two. Uh, so I don't remember. I wonder if they'll ever do it like a time jump or anything on the show. And he's not a little annoying brat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to write to us or record a message and send it in, you can email us at waxonwaxoff at podcastica.com. We also put up a post for each week's episode on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash housepodcastica. And be sure to check out the other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Yeah, this Monday, we're going to record an episode of Walking Dead Cast just about all this crazy news that's come out about the show ending and and a bunch of uh, spinoffs and all that stuff. So you need to focus on that. You know what? You got to start preparing for your best of show. Yeah, we were thinking maybe once uh, wa- once Walking Dead finally ends that we'll just do a full series rewatch. 
but it'll be, you know, with spoilers so we can talk about how things panned out storyline wise and stuff yeah. like that. And then we might do that. And then some of your best moments. Yeah. From the podcast. I mean, we're on episode like 404. <laughs> and so sometimes I've thought about going back and pulling clips. I, we actually did for our 10th anniversary that we had recently, but um, man, there's so much content there. Like it would be really hard to really go through and figure out what the best ones were, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You guys have been hella productive. <laughs> I just kind of dipped into random ones. I'm like, oh, that'll be fun. Play, play different clips and stuff. That was cool. Anyway, next episode of this podcast, we'll be wrapping up Cobra Kai as it stands right now. Season two, episodes nine and 10, Pulpo and No Mercy. So I'm looking forward to that. And then hoping that season three comes out as soon as possible in 2021. Hopefully like January January 1st. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. You know what, guys? I feel like we did this for the glory of love. <laughs>